Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com You know when you're sniffly and you can't breathe through your nose, so you breathe just through your mouth? This show's like that. It's like breathing through your mouth and then tasting the world on your tongue and then closing your mouth and then swallowing the goodness of the world and then um, not choking and then being at one with the universe. Adrift with Jeff Lloyd Annabelle Porter. Keep this brief this week because you're not feeling very well, are you? Oh, well, not too brief. Oh, no, no, I mean... <laughs> okay, that's the end. <laughs> but you're a little poorly. I'm a little bit, yeah, under the weather. I'm sorry to hear it. Thanks, um, thanks. Yeah. I've had a dicky tummy myself. You have, you told yeah, me before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And my body does that thing where it lets out sulfuric burps for a few days just to let me know what's coming. Right. And then what's coming came today and it wasn't good. Okay. I almost had to get off public transport a stop early. Right. But I managed to make it to where I was going. And then as soon as I popped up out of the London Underground, mm. I was straight into a big branch of Topshop. So it wasn't a Mile End incident? It wasn't a Mile no, End no, end no. incident. I did, fortunately, I was able to go into Topshop's flagship branch. Oh, okay. And, uh, and um, well, I, I like to think, you know, uh, make, make a little act of protest <laughs> <laughs> against Philip Green. Right. Okay, yeah, I think that's that's what was going on for me today. Yeah. I mean, you know. it would it would have just been the cleaners, really, or still with yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have affected him in the slightest, but. <laughs> I, I will point out, I did I did leave it looking exactly the same as when I went in. We all know that you would have done. <laughs> Don't worry. Yeah, it's, it's one of my guiding principles yeah, in, exactly. in life. Yeah. Um, uh, what's to say about? We went to see my mum and dad in North Wales in Prestatyn mm-hmm. at the weekend, and. We got on the train and something awful happened. There were people sitting in the seats that we'd reserved. Oh, this is the worst. What did you do? We all need to know. Panic. Panic, yeah. So what I did was I looked at my phone, which had the seat numbers and the reservations on it. Then I looked up at the little electronic display mm. to check that I was right, that mm. those were the seats and they were in fact reserved. Mm. And do you know what they said? What? Available. Oh, no. The system was down. Oh. Now, what happens in that scenario? Because I've been on trains 
other points in my life mm. and I've heard people say you know, I've heard this situation play out with other people as yeah. I sit and watch on and I've heard people just say sorry mate no it's free for all when yeah. the system breaks that's down that's exactly what I was going to say that's what everyone goes free for all free for, free all. for all yeah well, one of the big advantages of being married to an American is that there are no free-for-alls and she just sort of leaned right in and went, you're in our seats, we've got the reservations here, would you mind moving? Thank you very much. Oh, Very oh, forceful. Oh, so very handy forceful. to have. It's what every drifter needs, mm-hmm. an assertive American spouse. Yeah, yeah. That's good. So you just got sat where you wanted to. Lovely, yeah, good. Yeah. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Hi. It's a show and it's also... A demeanor. Um, that might be a topic that provokes a few emails. I imagine the drifter thing to do if you don't have uh, an assertive American spouse with you is you perhaps just stand for an entire journey. Yeah, say, rather than say anything. Like lands and John O'Groats stand. <laughs> Probably would. Yeah. Uh, anyway, if you've got anything for us, uh, perhaps on that subject or any other, then email us. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. First one's from Scott. I once applied for a job which was being advertised by a recruitment agency. So the first stage was to meet the agent rather than the company who was actually recruiting. So he could see whether I was suitable to be put forward. As the recruitment agent was based outside of London and I was situated in central London, he suggested that we meet at a neutral location. I was told to go to a London hotel and he would be waiting for me in the lobby. As I arrived, I managed to identify my interviewer and survived exchanging pleasantries. He suggested that we grabbed a drink in the hotel bar so that he could commence his questioning me. It was a Thursday night and we had met at about 6pm. So although the bar wasn't exactly rowdy, there was a sense in the air of it's nearly the weekend. We sat down at a table and the agent handed me the drinks menu and, to my confusion, it only listed alcoholic beverages. Now, I'm not completely inept at realising that having alcohol during an interview is not the norm. This is probably even further the case when the role I was applying for was at a position at a school, albeit not as a teacher. (laughs) However, he had asked me what I wanted and handed me the menu. As I scanned, it definitely only had alcohol listed. As the interviewer stood up to go and order drinks at the bar, he asked me what I wanted. After some hesitation... And not wanting to seem boring or out of touch with how interviews are now handled, I said, I'll have a beer, please, confidently. A beer, he replied, surprised. As he headed to the bar, I still wasn't 100% sure of my mistake, as the menu he'd given me was largely a cocktail menu. And I thought maybe he was surprised that I hadn't indulged in one of those. (laughs) However, as he slowly walked back to the table... With a with a beer in one hand and a cup of tea in the other. <laughs> it was clear that I had said the wrong thing. <laughs> Safe to say, I didn't get the job. <laughs> and the last words he said to me when we departed were, as a word of advice going forward, you should probably avoid drinking alcohol <laughs> during an interview. <laughs> I have followed that advice ever since. Oh, Scott. That's so great. I do really feel that could have happened to anybody. Uh, Yeah, yeah. And we're all thinking, of course you shouldn't have a beer, but I can see how the steps laid there for you to get there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, dear. So good. Okay, let's move on to Annie. I used to have regular dental checkups, which have always been fairly uneventful. But then, in my mid-twenties... 
I was told I needed a filling for the first time. I was dreading this a bit, unsure how long it would take and whether it would hurt. When the dentist asked if I wanted a local anaesthetic, I naturally said yes. I knew what to expect from this, as I'd had a couple of teeth extracted as a child. So I remember the initial sting of the injection, then having a numb lip for hours afterwards. However, this time, there wasn't even a slight scratch from the needle. This seemed a bit odd, but I assumed he must have done it so quickly that I didn't feel it. He chatted away for a few minutes to let it take effect before asking me if it felt tingly yet. I didn't know quite what to say. It wasn't feeling any different at all, but it's hard to tell if something's gone numb when it wasn't hurting in the first place. I mumbled something like, um, not sure, which he took as a yes and cheerfully started drilling. It hurt. I could feel uh, uh, everything. Oh God, was this... I supposed to be feeling it this much? Maybe oh. it always hurts and oh. just hurts more if you decline the anaesthetic. Uh. No, this wasn't right. As I suspected, he clearly hadn't done it properly. At this point, any normal person would have said they were in pain and asked to have the jab redone. But as a drifter, I, of course, said nothing. I felt like I should have spoken up earlier and it would seem weird to suddenly complain about it halfway through. Besides, I was just so bewildered as to what had gone wrong. Was he a sadist who had deliberately pretended to give me an injection? Or was he so incompetent that he'd somehow missed my gun without even noticing? I couldn't think of a polite way to accuse him either way. So I just lay there, trying to look as calm and relaxed as possible, while internally screaming. It was the most impressive acting performance of my life. Once he finished using the drill, he asked me, was that okay, painless? And it was far too late, to be honest. So I just went, "Uh uh-huh, and let him carry on. (laughs) He later told me it would take an hour or so for the numbness to go away. Uh, I didn't like to mention that it wasn't uh, actually numb to begin with. Oh, God. That was several years ago, and I haven't gone back since, despite knowing there are any more issues with my teeth. I'd just rather live with it. If the dentist were asked why I'd become so mistrustful, I still wouldn't know how to explain what had happened and why on earth I didn't say anything. (laughs) As a side note, two months later, I was climbing into a bus seat just behind the driver and managed to hit my head incredibly hard on the underside of a chunky CCTV screen. There was a loud thump, and everyone on the bus must have seen what I'd done. It brought tears to my eyes and I felt a large, painful bump on my head. But I didn't want anyone to fuss over me. So instead of rubbing it better, I just sat down casually as if nothing had happened. (laughs) Given the choice between silently enduring extreme pain and having an awkward social interaction, it seems I always choose the former. Oh, that's great. There's another topic we can throw out, isn't it? It's it's smiling through pain to avoid a fuss. Yeah. Oh, that dentist one. I mean, that that was like something out of a nightmare for me. Just I, I terrible. Yeah. Um, send us your story, please. Hello at adriftpodcast.com. Soon people will know that we don't know what we're doing. Adrift. Humble, let's have a way in which you're not a fully functioning adult. Part 38, which is a few of the 8 million things that I just can't be bothered to do. The first one of these comes under the category of pointless laziness, as it is actually creating a lot more work for myself. And I realise this, but I still do it. So due to reasons I won't bore you with, my wardrobe is in my son's room. What does he need space for? (laughs) That's not the reason I'm joking. I'm half joking. (laughs) Anyway, this means that when I go to bed at night and take my clothes off, I can't hang them up because that would mean having to go into his room and risk waking him up. And there's no way I'm doing that. Like if my toothbrush was also in there, I'd rather let my teeth go black and fall out than risk waking him. So I can't hang my clothes up. 
and I hate leaving them on the floor because then they just pile up over the weeks until it becomes an eight-hour job where I'd have to pay for childcare to get it done. <laughs> so what I do, nine times out of ten, is I think, oh, I'll just put them in the laundry basket, like, even though they're not dirty, like out of sight, out of mind. Even though I'm now creating more washing for myself and far worse, more hanging up washing of the clothes. <laughs> So I decided last week that enough is enough and I've got a new technique now. I've just started wearing the same clothes every day because I've realised what difference does it make? Like I see different people every day. I only see you once a week, don't I? Like, why do we feel the need outside of stains, smells and weather changes to wear different stuff every day? It's really liberating. I'm doing a bit too much of sponging off of stains, like a little bit too much to my liking. But apart from that, it's great. It's one not like l- you're Kate Middleton, is it? Exactly. It's just one less thing to think about. No one's judging you for wearing the same thing no. more than once no. every day in your case. You got any questions? No, Steve Jobs did it. Exactly. Yes. Well, I think he just had loads of the same thing. Yeah, but or did he just tell everyone that he had loads oh. of the same thing? Was he in the similar position? <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> so, yeah, that's made my life a lot easier. Two more things, both food related. First is peeling garlic. I cannot be bothered with this. Why are the layers so clingy? If you can think of a clingy food layer, let me know. Anything on the spot? <laughs> no, because no, there isn't yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. I can almost hear screaming as I'm dragging that weird papery stuff away from the flesh, like it's some kind of Sophie's Choice moment between the two. <laughs> so rather than do this, I just leave it out and have my food taste less good. <laughs> have you not watched any YouTube videos about how to peel garlic? I'm bothered. <laughs> I won't get me bothered. I did once have a little contraption mm. that I think peeled it and chopped it, but then it was a massive hassle to clean. Let me tell you, nothing works. No. Like there's YouTube videos which show you a magic trick for peeling garlic. Right. And it it sort of half works the first time you try it and then it never works again. Okay. Yes, it's better just not to use it. The second one, also... What about a tube, like like a toothpaste-type tube of garlic? Oh, yeah, I could buy that. Yeah. Yeah, um, maybe I'll give that a go. I read a thing, I think, once, I can't bother to check, where, you know when you cut it in half and sometimes there's like a little green thing in it Mm. that you're not supposed to eat that because it gives you a tummy ache. Oh, that would explain a lot of my tummy aches. (laughs) (laughs) That might explain the Topshop incident. Yes. So um, that's a faff as well, cutting that. Anyway, the second one is removing the dirt from a mushroom. I don't even even know how I'm supposed to do it because I don't think you're supposed to wash them for some reason. Something to do with them being like sponges. Did Mm. you know that? Oh, you do know this. You're pretending you know it. No, no, I just eat dirty mushrooms. Oh, this is the thing. Because I'm not going to stand there gently, tenderly wiping them with a, I don't know, pastry brush or a bit of kitchen roll. Why are they even being sold this dirty? Like it's 2019. (laughs) So I just throw them in dirty and hope that I don't die from some mud disease. I don't know whether it exists or not because I can't bother to look it up. Excuse me. Do you have any wood? Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port, Adrift. Ooh, I'm in the stream. Attention, Patreon supporters. Um, Something that we can do for you over the next couple of days is we are due a visit from my mother-in-law, Lynn Barron. So we could do a special video Q&A with Lynn. Oh, yes. So if you do support us on Patreon uh, and you want to send us a question, uh, just send it to the regular email address, hello at adriftpodcast.com, and then uh, I'll I'll film that with her film. That makes it sound I'll get grander. the crew around. Yeah, yeah. That makes it, instead of just my phone propped up on a thing, <laughs> makes it sound grander than it is. But uh, we'll do a little Q&A with her, and then I'll put it up just on the Patreon page. That's the only place you'll be able to get it. So if you support us on there, you'll be able to see it. If you don't support us on there, then um, then pledge your 
one dollar a month or whatever it would be and you get to join in with stuff like this and as soon as annabelle's lover is uh finished with this very intense thing that he's doing at the moment <laughs> yeah we didn't say did we no one no one made a guess oh really yeah a bit lack of interest there <laughs> Okay, I won't labour the point then no, any no, more no. than I already have. Um, but anyway, send in a question for Lynn. Uh, hello at adriftpodcast.com. And sometime over the weekend, I'll make a little video with her and then we'll put it up on Patreon and you'll, you'll be able to watch that as a supporter. And, if, you know, all the other benefits you get as well. If you're not already a supporter of ours, Annabelle will endow a title on you at, at some point and... Um, and there's plenty of other bonus. I nearly used the word content then. Oh, careful. Sorry about that, everybody. But the extra stuff, that's just, it's always there, is it? You can... Yeah, it doesn't go oh, away. Oh, I think great. you can just access all the old extra that's stuff. That's nice. Um, oh, there's loads of stuff there. Then. Yeah, mm. yeah. And with more more to come. Mm. So, um, yeah, uh, I'll do that with Lynn over the weekend. <laughs> 
Oh yeah, here's 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 one. What is the right thing to do in this situation? Mm-hmm. You you're in a group of people. They've been taking photos. Mm. They show a photo round of you, and they're going, "Oh, that one is a great one of you. This is this is a great one. Look at this one of you. It's a great one of you." Then you look at it, and it's a really terrible one of you. <laughs> right, right. And then you think that's what I look like. Because <laughs> think we can all ad- accept there are good photos and yeah, bad photos, right? Yeah, yeah. And And if you see a good photo of yourself, you think, oh, that's probably me in a flattering angle. If you see a bad one, you think, well, that's probably me in an unflattering angle. But every- everybody is handing around a photo and going, oh, this really captures, this is a great one of you. Mm. Then then you have to accept that is what you really look like, right? I guess so, yeah. Mm. And be offended? I think I'm going to go Amish. <laughs> no more photos for me. <laughs> Why can't we just go back to the old days where instead of people having camera phones, they carried little easels and sketched you with charcoals? And made you look nicer than you yes, are, yes. Yes, yeah, yeah. Adrift. Under your control. With Jeff, Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Quandary Corner at the Glap Clinic in Problematic. Who's the first one from? It's for, Oh, should we clear up something first of all? Yes. About the sudden stops in the street? Yes. Okay, so when someone's walking in front of you and they stop suddenly, what should you do? Rivka yes. says, I would apologise in an over-the-top friendly manner saying, oh, sorry, did I just step on your heels? I'm so sorry. You stopped so suddenly in the middle of the street with no apparent reason or cause. I, I just couldn't <laughs> help bumping into you. I do hope I haven't hurt you. Oh, lovely example of passive aggression there. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's move on to the next one. This is from Kurt, who is from... Squamish in Canada. At 1 p.m. PST today, I had a meeting with someone at a local... Do you know what PST stands for? Pacific something time. I only want to hear you say Pacific. Uh, I can say Pacific. Oh, yeah, it's Pacific specific time. (laughs) I had a meeting with someone at a local bar just near where I live. It was a nice meeting and all, but I decided to stay for a pint after the meeting and do some emails. After some time, I asked my server for the bill, which she brought, and I paid... But I didn't leave right away as I needed to get that one last email out before I packed up. Why? While working away on that last email, I looked up to see this man walking towards me. He nodded. I nodded. Then he walked towards me, hand out a shake, which I did. Then the following conversation took place. Me. Hey, how are you? Him. Great. How are you? You're Josh's friend, right? Me. Yeah. How are things? Him. You know. Got to go and pick up this kid's kids from school. See you around. Me. Yeah. See you soon. My problem. I live in a fairly small town and run into people all the time. More importantly, I have never met this guy before and I do not know anyone named Josh. (laughs) I panicked when he shook my hand and just said, yeah, what the hell was I thinking? Why did I say that? Now, not only have I lied to this person in the face, I now run the very likely risk of meeting this guy again. What if I run into him again and he's talked to Josh, my liar discovered? What if I run into (laughs) both of them together? Do I never go to the bar again? Do I never leave my apartment? Should I move out of town? Needless to say, I packed up as fast as I could without finishing my email and literally ran out of the bar and headed straight home to safety. Can't wait for your advice. I mean, this is what happens when you sort of stay out in the world, isn't it? Where there are people. It's when it happens when you leave your house. Yes. Um, I don't know. I feel that this has some parallels with your neighbour mistaking you for your other neighbour. Yeah, but at least my lie was exposed in front of her, so I got it out of the way. I think that's... And you, you know what? He's got to do what I had. I did. So if he does get discovered and he bumps into Josh and this guy together or him, just 
act like it never happened. Yes, yeah, yeah, that's exactly that, yeah. I think sometimes what can be very helpful in the situation is making some casual reference to an identical twin who occasionally visits. Because <laughs> then they'll think it was him. That could help. Yeah. You're laughing, but it's, it could help. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of things in life could be put down to amnesia. Yeah. You know, they they might just think, oh, you must have that amnesia that I've heard about in works of fiction. <laughs> yeah, just deny. I think just deny. Didn't the, the canoe man, the um, insurance fraud man, didn't, wasn't part of their genius strategy to claim amnesia at some <laughs> yeah, point? Yeah, yeah. So, mm. yeah. I d- so, so he is pretty sure that he'll bump into him again. Sounds like it's more town. Mm. Just go... Go along with the lie until you get found out. Or or go blank and just pretend that you don't know what he's talking about. That's Move harder to, though, isn't it? Move to a different town. This is it. You go along with it until you get found out and then you just pretend it hadn't happened. I think, you, didn't, didn't you once give like an, an all-encompassing piece of advice which was basically pretend like it didn't happen? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, that, that it might be time. We, we, need, we need a name for that clause. <laughs> so it does come up yeah, somewhat regularly yeah, on this part of the yeah, uh, yeah. podcast. So, yeah, okay, pre- pretend like it never happened. Okay, let's move on to Anon. I have a teacher, sorry, I have a friend who is a teacher. I don't see him very often, but we follow each other on Twitter and Facebook. Recently, I have noticed that he's been replying to some very adult tweets with some very adult content of his own. I don't think that he realises that everyone can see replies. I feel I should say something, but I'm just too embarrassed. I mean, I've accidentally seen some very personal photos. I thought I'd wait until he replied to a non-adult tweet and like it to show that I could see it, but he never does. I feel that given his profession, he needs to know that what he's tweeting isn't private, but I just can't bring myself to do it. Maybe he knows and doesn't care. I don't know what to do. Help. You set up a Twitter account called something like his name, whatever his name is, Mm. and then anonymous friend. (laughs) And then you say... I am somebody you know well in real life. I don't think you realise that everybody can see you writing these saucy tweets. That is such a good idea. Yeah, otherwise mute him and then it's just not your problem anymore. (laughs) Because I was thinking that you could... In conver- if, if you see him in like, I suppose she doesn't see it very much, but you could say something about, oh, I did something really embarrassing. Like I replied to this thing and I didn't realise everyone could see it. But no, that's too obvious. No, yeah, yours, is, yours is brilliant. They've changed the algorithm on Twitter because somebody I know, an old friend of mine, I've seen him doing a lot of replying to adult, adult actresses. It's happened to you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. yeah. Now, to be fair to him, he's not writing anything overtly sexual. He's trying to come across as the good guy who's interested in them for other things than the uh, the blue movies but right. you know it's it's extremely embarrassing to see oh wow or when you see people you know trying to get the attention of like hollywood stars and things so, they've, so they've changed it and now you can see not at all of it just like really? some of some of it pops up from time to time there wow. seems to be no real rhyme or reason why they do it but it is embarrassing it's something of like seeing your friends with the pants down a little yeah. bit um, or, or or you see them tweeting businesses complaining about service they've received oh. and, you know this kind yeah, of thing yeah. and it's it's very uncomfortable so i think your friend doesn't realize and i think an anonymous twitter or do it the old old school way cut letters out of a newspaper and post, <laughs> post it to him oh, i much prefer that okay yeah, do okay. that
And that was our podcast. Thank you for listening. Sorry it's been a mini episode this week, but, you know, Annabelle's been very brave coming round to my house. I mean, I can't believe you got behind the wheel of a car in the state you're in with your mild cold. Even just me getting behind the wheel of the car in, like, normal times isn't exactly, Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, and I've soldiered on with my dicky tummy, so um, I hope you understand why it's been a bit shorter than usual this week, but we didn't want to let you down by not doing an episode. Thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music and to Emily Harrison for the incidental music. Uh, we've got to thank Vince Lynch and Simon Wilcox for being our announcers and making our little eye dents. Patrick Gunning and Awana Babu for plugging everything in and uh, making sure it all went. Worked, that is. It didn't go anywhere. Still here. Uh, Carla Gowlett took the photos. Kim Rainey made our artwork. And I would like to apologise, finish by apologising this week for... And anything I left behind, I don't think I did, but anything I left behind uh, to, to the cleaners of Topshop in Oxford Circus. Adrift. Adrift. Podications. Two podications this week. The first one comes from James Grant, who says, we would like to request a podication, pretty please, around the middle of November for Dottie. Dottie on her first birthday. We only met her once, very briefly at the live show in Hebden Bridge. But as perhaps your littlest listener, we thought she deserved a podication for her birthday and for the joy she no doubt brings her mummy and daddy. Original gangster drifters. Rosie and Jim. Mm. Love Rosie and Jim. Yeah. And Dottie, yeah, she must be one soon. I think she was she was she was due early December, but she came really early. So maybe it is around now. Right. Yeah, yeah. Very good oh. with that kind of thing. Happy mm. birthday, Dottie. Little Dottie. Oh, she was she the star attraction at Hebden Bridge. Lovely little girl. And this comes from Alan. Uh, who says, hi, Jeff and Annabelle. I hope you're both well. We're not Alan, as it happens. No, funnily enough, not. Um, I am the Alan from episode 86. Thank you for my birthday wishes that you read out from my ever so mad best friend, Ivana Damant. Now, do you remember this? This is going back a bit. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, I do remember this whole situation. I'm very keen to read this and see what's going on. (laughs) They they were recent best friends and they were very close. Intoxicated with each other from what I remember. Yeah, yeah. So... Ivana has followed you one way or another for over a decade and introduced me to your podcast. I know subscribe and follow on Facebook. We haven't known each other long, 17th September, but Ivana has grown into somebody I can always rely on. She is not the most confident of people and we are working on that, although she should be. She is beautiful inside and out and is the funniest person I've ever met. Our messaging is always fun and she constantly makes me laugh and smile. My wife thinks she is a lunatic and is usually a good judge of character. They've recently started watching horror movies together, and I'm sure they're plotting my downfall in one way or another. (laughs) (laughs) I think you've got to work on uh, your confidence there, Alan. Maybe they're just having a nice time. Mm, Not not everything is about people plotting to murder you. (laughs) Uh, In all seriousness, Ivana, you are the best. Please don't change. And I'm looking forward to our friendship strengthening in the future. Love your penguin, don't ask. (laughs) 
It would be amazing if you could read all this or just some at your choosing. She's a great gal and it would mean a lot to her. I look forward to your weekly podcast going forward. Many thanks, Alan. Uh, well, I think I read it all. The only thing that I wasn't really able to convey was just what spectacular, uh, spectacular use of emoji yeah. this email contained. But, uh, uh, Alan, good to know that that friendship is still burgeoning. Yep. You know, apart from the, the bit that you, you fear that you're going to be <laughs> murdered yeah. murdered in, in some yeah. way. Yeah, yeah. Smothered in your sleep. He doesn't mention that. It's like a carried away too much. <laughs> uh, so there we go. Uh, um, Podication from Alan to Ivana and her penguin, don't ask. And to the very special Dottie uh, from James and Kate. And if you would like a podication, it's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.